you for listening to the only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You can find all of our episodes at PharmacyPodcast.com. Hey, Pharmacy Podcast listeners and RX Chat participants, we welcome you to the RX Chat Pharmacy Podcast. We would like to start out by thanking all of you for being so involved in the RX Chat and helping us to grow and reach other pharmacy professionals throughout the industry, throughout the country, throughout the globe. We are so excited about the growth. Want to extend a, a very special thank you to RX Wiki for helping us to find uh, found the show and for so many great questions that have been asked and answered through our collaboration. We have a really special show today. Excited to have a guest on the show who really has an extensive background on the subject and uh, want to uh, dive into this entire concept about communications with patients and overcoming barriers with communications with patients. I'd like to introduce Mr. Dave Walker, pharmacist. His background includes 20-plus years of pharmacy management experience in retail hospital and long-term care settings. He has experience extensively with MTM Health Services. Um, he's done an incredible job marketing many things, including the Emergy Tube, which is an information delivery system for patients. I'd like to introduce our RX Chat participants today to Mr. Dave Walker. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Todd? Very good. And uh, Dave was on the Pharmacy Podcast originally back in episode 61, which has uh, been some time ago. It was November of 2012, and um, I welcome you back, Dave. I'm glad to be here and be able to participate. Excellent. So today's uh, topic um, you know, spans uh, five different questions that we'd very much like to get your opinion on as a pharmacist, as someone who's worked with patients for quite some time and uh, really has some experience, and then also some of your personal background on the subject. And um, I'm just going to jump right in now and uh, and give you the first question, Dave, and that is how often are you faced with any type of barrier when communicating with your patients? Well, I think it probably happens more often than most of us actually realize because as a pharmacist it's very easy to get into a situation where you have an interaction with a patient and they nod their head, they say yes, they say all the right things, but are they really understanding what you're trying to communicate with them? So I think that it's key for us as uh, pharmacists and as communicators to be able to recognize some of the cues and recognize how to ask the right questions to make sure that uh, we can get the right connection with them and they're listening and understanding what we're trying to convey to them. I think it's a really good point, and sometimes, you know, if, if a patient doesn't understand something, whether they didn't hear you correctly or whether they just don't understand, sometimes there's maybe even some embarrassment on the patient's part to not re-ask the question. So being able to follow up with some directions to really clarifying if the patient understands what counseling that you've given them, I think that's pretty important. It sure is. So... Um, I wanted to get into more of the concept of this, um, and that leads us to really question number two, what, which is what steps have you taken 
to overcome language barriers. So have you experienced any of that, Dave? Uh, when you say language barriers, are we talking different languages or are we talking, um, can you be more specific? Sure, um, definitely different languages, whether that patient speaks Spanish or German, Italian, um, Portuguese, whatever it may be, but also um, overcoming language barriers of even some accents or something like that. Well, for me personally, I have to be honest with you, I'm not a linguistic expert by any means. I uh, took Latin in high school back when Latin was required for pharmacy school, and as soon as I found out that was no longer a requirement, I dropped it like a hot potato. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, as, as I practiced pharmacy, I was able to, we have somewhat of a Spanish-speaking community, and I was able to uh, learn some of the codes, you know, so that when I was actually typing uh, or inputting for prescription labels to be printed, I would uh, be able to do that in Spanish so that people could understand that. And I think that was a big thing. But I think more importantly what, what that shows is that I, as a pharmacist, needed to take special steps to educate myself to be able to help educate those people I was trying to converse with. And uh, sometimes pharmacists are very uh, reluctant to get out of their comfort zone, but uh, I would recommend that uh, if you really want to have a relationship with that patient that maybe doesn't fully understand uh, what you're saying in the English language, uh, that you either find a way to communicate with them or find an alternative solution, whether it be through somebody to interpret for them or something along that line. That's excellent feedback, and um, and I agree. It, it, it's more than just necessarily words. Uh, we have a new participant on the RX chat, uh, D Prescribing, which you can tweet with at D Prescribing, and they had uh, said for answer number two, body language, speak slowly and simply. And there's a lot to that. I mean, if we have a language barrier and we can't uh, speak the exact same language, looking them right in the eye, uh, taking your time, uh, showing them that you're sincere, that you're not irritated, that you're not nervous, and the fact that you uh, really want to help them, uh, that body language, speaking slowly and simply, is pretty important. Um, I like that uh, that input from D Prescribing. And um, we have another uh, input from Mr. David Hale, and he is a fellow RX chatter. We thank you, Dave, for being here. And he tweets, at Geek Farm, and um, he said, uh, forgot to mention that he was only undergraduate at a time just trying to get farm experience so he could apply to pharmacy school, and his background with communicating uh, in the intern space was obviously pretty important. He says he was able to enter and find out his feet were hot and wanted blanket removed and felt good to be able to help in the minor way with his patient something that the patient couldn't communicate. He was shadowing a PharmD in a CCU, and a patient was getting slightly agitated but spoke only Spanish. So Dave really took the time to, to see the body language and understand that the patient was in, a, in an uncomfortable position. So it, it can span uh, language barriers if, if you're patient, um, and I'm sure you'd agree with patients being a part of our job, right, Dave? That is... Uh surely uh, the case. Now, what I was thinking as you were uh, talking about that was is that we as pharmacists 
are not alone in this problem. I think that uh, communication uh, in the field of healthcare, whether you be a pharmacist, whether you be a physician, whether you be a nurse, uh, it really doesn't matter where you are, but people need to learn to communicate uh, in ways other than verbal. And, in fact, I wrote a blog post on uh, my blog at uh, uh, Health Record Resources. Actually, it's at uh, Pharmacy uh, uh, 2.0 and a half, which is kind of a play on things there. But um, I talk about listening and how it's important to listen. And when we listen, we not only listen for words, but we have to listen with the idea of being open to recognizing the visual cues to watch their eyes, watch their mannerisms, watch how uh, they respond to what uh, they say. And uh, I think that this is one of the greatest problems that we uh, see in healthcare overall right now is the inability on, uh, on the part of many healthcare providers to actually take in that information that may be nonverbal in a conversation. That's a really good point. Um, and, you know, you... Some of the stuff you can't even come up with in, in, from from concept from concept of thinking about it unless you actually worked it and you know having the experience that you have, Dave, with uh, with patients and over 20 years experience as well as being a speaker because I know that you give um, you know um, you know shows and seminars sometimes um, to other people so your communications is so important as well. Hey, exactly. I have a. I have a question number three, Dave. What steps have you taken to help those who are hearing or vision impaired um, as a pharmacist in communicating with them? Well, I guess uh, maybe here's a uh, at a point in time now where I can uh, share my experience. And then for those of you who don't know, uh, I totally lost my hearing in 2004. I am totally deaf. I do function and hear pretty well with the uh, help of a cochlear implant, which I refer to as as uh, a miracle that took place in my life. And so coming from that perspective of people, uh, you know, and communicating with people, and especially people who don't hear well, uh, it's really opened my eyes going through this process of how difficult it is sometimes for people, even if they have a minor hearing loss, it's very difficult at times for them to understand, uh, especially in a setting uh, where you could be maybe in a chain pharmacy or where you're in an open environment where there is uh, other conversations taking place. All these things interfere with a patient's ability to understand and focus on what you're trying to tell them. And so we need to be very conscientious about how we approach the patient and where we approach the patient, that we may have better places in the pharmacy, uh, whether it be a consultation room or a, a little booth or somewhere in a corner, may be a much more appropriate place to counsel a patient than at the cash register. That's an incredible input and story that you've shared uh, with our with our listeners and with the RX Chat team, and I thank you for that, Dave. That's absolutely amazing to overcome that as a professional, as a pharmacist, that you have a, um, a hearing-impaired situation yourself, and you've completely overcome and championed it, not that it doesn't become easier, I'm sure, and, uh, and then being able to turn around and communicate well with uh, others to really be able to feel 
um, empathy and understanding, directly understanding, of what challenges they may have in um, in, a, in a barrier of communication. So, uh, Dave, I thank you for sharing that story with us. Well, I'm happy to do it. Uh, it's been a real challenge in my life, but going through this challenge has helped me to recognize other challenges that I have to start tackling now. So that's so true. My uh, my father-in-law, who I uh, I care about dearly, is uh, majorly hearing impaired, and uh, just daily communications with him can become um, a patience uh, issue. Um, for uh for my wife for myself and um you know god bless him when he's uh trying to listen to a story he has his hand around his ear and um you know he's such a active very independent person i not sure if the um you know the aids that are out there are something that's even um you know in his uh in his choice or even his desires right now and um it's uh it's amazing to think that uh you know pharmacists have to have to care and put up with uh, and and care for and and adjust and um, there's challenges that they that they have daily and there might there might even be um, not so much a, a barrier from physical but a, a barrier from emotional or the day that your patient is having and sometimes they just don't don't want to listen so there's many barriers to effective communications with patients. Um, that um, that we're getting uh, a lot of input uh, from some of our uh, tweeters today. I wanted to mention Rockville Pharmacy, who who tweets uh, often, which we very much appreciate you at Rockville Pharma, and um, they chatted uh, to us on answer number three uh, with our LTC patients. We work to show them understanding and compassion. The more comfortable, the better the communication and health. And um, that is uh, the nail on the head here uh, with um, with talking with patients and taking our time and being uh, patient with those patients, and um, as you've also pointed out, Dave. So, right, right. Uh, you know, I just see a tweet here uh, for a question for uh, science literacy. Uh, does that count as a barrier uh, with communicating with patients? And, you know, um, I remember when I was in pharmacy school, which is way back there compared to some of you folks out there, but uh, they told us that we need to be able to communicate at a sixth-grade level to be able to get most people to understand what we're trying to say. And even at that, if we're talking in pharmacy terms, they're going to have trouble, even if you're talking at a sixth-grade level. Uh, you know, I think Albert Einstein is uh, the one that said, you know, if you can't explain it so that I can understand it, you didn't explain it simple enough. And we need to remember that. When we go up uh, to that uh, final counsel with the patient, whether it be at the consultation window or at the cash register or in a consultation booth, we need to go into that uh, uh, situation with the attitude and the goal of making sure that that patient is understanding everything that we say. And we also need to, there again, we need to ask the right questions to make sure that we're getting the response so that we know that they're actually understanding it. It's a really good point. And um, you had touched on uh, question number four, which was what other barriers have you faced and what have you done to overcome these barriers? And um, Dave Hale mentioned would science literacy count as a barrier which is an interesting um, input that you had, Dave. And, 
you know, you be, need to be able to explain to a patient sometimes this terminology. Uh, you know, as a pharmacist, you've you've spent a tremendous amount of time in school, higher level training, um, and I even I have a tremendous time um, uh, being able to even uh, you know mention and or say the names of certain drugs or medications. So imagine you know patients that. Um, that can't necessarily hear well or even speak the language well or have a hard time understanding of what's saying. So that um, that complete um, patience um, to be able to explain is so incredibly important and could really lead to adherence issues, especially if, uh, if there's some uh, follow-up involved uh, in order to break down those barriers of effective communications. I think you're absolutely right with that. I think that we need to make sure that uh, when we're communicating that we're getting the right responses from them. Um, anything that we can do to potentially prevent the patient from not being 100% adherent to their medication regimen, anything we can do is going to improve that. If we don't do anything, we can count on them not being adherent. I think there's just black and white as that. If we do everything in our power, we can help them get to be 100% compliant with their medications. If we don't put the effort in, we know that at least 60 to 50% of the people who are taking medication are not going to be adherent to that regimen. Dave, do you think um, being a medical profession in itself is a barrier to effective communications, and this is kind of this isn't one of our questions, but I was just thinking as you're talking. Um, I'm not a pharmacist. I help pharmacists. I help pharmacy owners. Um, I am passionate about the business of pharmacy, but as a medical professional, as a doctor, as a nurse, as a pharmacist, do you think just having that title prevents uh, some pharmacist, some some patients from communicating with you? Based on um, you know the the factor that they don't feel that they um, I don't know that they're smart enough to or they can't feel they don't feel like they can explain themselves well enough. Well, I think you have two things at play there. There is somewhat of a stigma there that people uh, in in many cases patients will approach their physician or their pharmacist or whoever in the medical field, and there's that a stigma that. That person knows so much more than me, and, you know, all I can do is just respond with a yes or no or be affirmative and, and go on with this. But I think another part of this question is is pharmacists need to be prepared to be able to do this. And, and I'm going to give just kind of an example on my part. After losing my hearing and after, uh, you know, going through this process and then, after actually leaving pharmacy for a couple of years to do the home care thing with my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and stuff and, and then getting involved with social media and stuff, I begin to learn new skills. And I begin to learn how to utilize these skills, whether it be social media skills or communication skills, to not only be a benefit to me but to benefit those people I interact with. And I think that there's far too many... Uh, pharmacists or other uh, healthcare professionals that don't take the time to build that skill in themselves. They don't take the time to be able to really build the uh, characteristics in themselves that need to be 
taking place for them to actually communicate with patients better. And it's something that I think almost anybody can learn. It's just a matter of will you apply yourself to learning these skills so you can be a more effective communicator. Uh, that's an excellent point, Dave. Um, you know, being an effective communicator does not happen overnight. Um, you know, my own communication skills has drastically changed, you know, from the time I entered uh, the uh, professional work uh, space industry. It was telecommunications at the time, which was all about communications. And, you know, just the refinement, the patience, the way to find uh, ways to, to explain something to someone, um, dealing with children, uh, for goodness sakes, is a is a challenge in communication. I have a span. I have a two-year-old, um, a four-year-old, and two 11-year-olds, and uh, what a difference in communication from 11 to 2. But even with the 11-year-olds, and anyone listening today, if you're a pharmacist and you're describing things and you're talking to a patient uh, that happens to be a parent, and now there's a there's a child standing beside them, and that's what that's who the the, the medication is for. Uh, don't you're not only explaining it to the to the um, to the parent, you're also explaining it to the child, and they might be worried about taking uh, that medication. So, um, the, the communication spans from the eldest and uh, of patients to the youngest of patients. Um, I had an interesting conversation with Mr. Donald Hackett, who is the founder of RX Wiki, um, and he works with a, a, an entity called Patient Conversation. Interesting enough, all about communication with patients. And um, he's so passionate about delivering um, mediums that actually make sense and that actually uh, uh, kind of uh, fill the void between uh, medical professional and patient. And um, I just want to, um, you know, mention uh, the conversation I with, had with him and the the the, uh, the sincerity that came out of that of of how he feels about the um, the space and Dave your experience with social media that's all about communications and I think that's where uh, RX wiki and people like yourself Dave and obviously the pharmacy podcast really tries to play uh, into um, making sure that, that there isn't a uh, divide as, as we know that there there can be we have question number five which is how can you help patients with limited health literacy. So that's a, a, a really good question. I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on that, Dave. Well, I think that we touched on it earlier, um, you know, with uh, the comment I made earlier that if you can't explain it so that I can understand it, you don't know it well enough and you're not explaining it simple enough. And so, number one, I think we need to know as pharmacists when we're consulting with patients, everything that we need to to be able to convey to them, we need to know how they're going to react to it. But then we also need to be able to help them feel comfortable asking questions, help them feel comfortable uh, interacting with you. And here again, this is where maybe a little bit of that healthcare provider stigma comes into play that people sometimes are afraid to ask. We need to make them comfortable enough that they can feel that they can ask the questions, even the stupid questions that come up. And I, I know that over the years in pharmacy, if anybody uh, out there has spent more than a few years in pharmacy, you've heard a lot of stupid questions once in a while. But we need to encourage a level of uh, 
I'm, I'm at a loss for words here. We need to encourage an environment, number one, but we need to encourage a relationship with our patients so that they feel that they're in a comfort zone. They can ask whatever questions they want, and we won't ridicule them. And I think that this is a very important factor as well. That's a, a great point. And, um, you know, we we may think because we've repeated ourselves five or six times that it might be a, a dumb question just based on the repeating aspect of it, but sometimes it actually takes that. Sometimes they might be asking the question just to just to see your sincere reaction versus kind of being blown off or something like that. So that's important to think about. Um, Beth Bolt, who tweets at Beth underscore RxWiki, who's part of the RxWiki team, said, our focus at RxWiki is to help people with limited health literacy by providing drug and medical info at the eighth grade reading level. So that's a, a good point. You know, being able to, to write and being able to communicate at a specific level um, of, uh, of intelligence without being condescending, um, you know, that's not, uh, that's not easy. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to think about there. So um, as, as you're counseling a patient, as you're talking with a patient, I think the very first thing to think about is the word patience and uh, your patience as a healthcare professional. And then second, you know, the communication and how you're communicating, uh, speaking slowly enough, which I always sometimes have a, have a problem remembering, although I don't necessarily talk with patients that often. Um, but I have to remember my, my, uh, my tone and my excitement level and make sure that I'm well communicated. So um, I, I like the feedback that, that we're getting here and um, I like uh, RX Wiki just chatted. If you can't explain it so I can understand it, then you don't know it well enough. Um, that's hilarious, um, and that's such a good point. Um, if you can't explain it so I understand it, then you don't know it well enough. And boy, you you should be able to explain something forward and backwards, right, Dave? Well, yes, and I, and one of the things though that I think that comes into play here too is. And, and I'm guilty of this, as anybody is, is that when it comes to that point in time where you are to consult a patient on a new prescription, we have the canned response that we're going to give to them. We have this canned uh, little spleel that in 30 seconds or less, I'm going to convey this, 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 and this, and that's it, and I'm done. And we need to lose that attitude of, of just providing that basic information uh, and here again, this becomes a skill that you can uh, uh, learn and you can adopt into your practice to be able to make this an interactive thing as opposed to a one-sided conversation. That's so true. Um, um, we have uh, a participant that, um, that chats uh, and also owns her own pharmacy, Flatiron Pharmacy in Colorado, and she tweeted, at Indy, RPH, and she said, first talk on their level, not vomit back a textbook. And um, boy, is that true? Because you know we have all this incredibly intelligent knowledge as a as a doctor and as a as a pharmacist, and you could confuse uh, really anyone um, if you really wanted to, other than other than another medical professional. So you just have to take into consideration the patient's point of view, and um, and be cognizant and sensitive to that. Um, so I I like um, the um, other uh, feedback that we're getting from Andrew Davies, and he ch uh, he chats at Hoss, H O S P Chief Farm, 
we thank him for participating and he tweeted back to uh Beth underscore RX Wiki, do you and do you have any tools other than a pharmacist clinical knowledge to join up info on multiple drugs, which was referencing some of uh the input that uh Beth had mentioned from the world from RX Wiki and um, I know I can answer that because I know enough about RxWiki. There is such a plethora of information there, Andrew, that you can look up and, and be able to uh, share with patients that really um, does it through video, does it through writing, does it through, of course, blogging. It's replicable, and uh, it, can, of course, can be used as any uh, as a tool for any pharmacist. Um, I, I, I find uh, a lot of usage there because my parents are coming to that age where they're taking uh, a lot of medications, and I like being able to give them information that's very true and, and resourceful and, um, and and I can rely upon. Um, where do you get your information, Dave? I get my information from Twitter, to be honest <laughs> with you. No. Yeah. Uh, I get my information from so many different sources, and what I try to do is organize it and compile it in a way that it's easy for me to access when I need to. Um, but the better question is, where do the patient get their information? And that's why I'm working on a new platform right now uh, that will be out in six weeks or so. It's called MedWise, M-E-D-W-Y-H-Y-S. And I think it's the whys. We need to get the people to ask, why do I have to take it on an empty stomach? Why is it important for me? And we need to be able to explain those whys to them. You know, we're going to have Dave back on the show to explain this platform. Uh, we'd be very interested in hearing it. I wanted to extend a thank you, uh, Dave, for coming on the show today. I want to extend a thank you to RxWiki for co-founding and hosting the show and to our, all of our Rx chat participants. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me, Todd. You were listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Rx Chat. So thankful for your participation. And we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.